0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 1,207.
1: People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel.
0: This is Cars Yeah! Where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Woodbine, Maryland, Diane Parker. Hey, Diane, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Heck yeah, Mark. Let's pedal to the metal. All right, here we go. Diane Parker joined the Historic Vehicle Association, known as the HVA, in 2013 as the Director of Operations. She is lead strategist for the organization and produces the HVA's annual exhibition, On the National Mall. As a congenital optimist and connected leader, Diane approaches life with positivity and authentic purpose in order to cultivate relationships, promote mutual growth, and encourage personal development. Diane has spent the majority of her career in operations management, something she truly enjoys. And thanks to two loving and tolerant older brothers, she became a car girl at a very young age. Her role with the HVA couples her love of vehicles with her talent in leading operations. Ask anyone who knows her, and they will tell you that she lives and breathes her dream job. And I can tell you as well. And I'll let our listeners know I had a wonderful opportunity to spend a little time with Diane at the LeMay America's Car Museum last month at the unveiling of the bullet Mustang. That's right. We were standing there in front of Steve McQueen's old ride. What a fun night that was. So, Diane, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Take a moment, share a little bit more about your career and your very obvious passion for automobiles. Thanks,
1: Mark. Uh, happy to. I have the good fortune, I say, of waking up every single day. And I have a career that I absolutely love. I have passion for. I love that we go, we, the HVA, we go kind of beyond history and horsepower and uh, have the good fortune of telling the stories of the heart, stories that happen to include cars, like the bullet Mustang, Mark, that we uh, enjoyed (laughs) a few weeks back. So at the HVA, we just uh, believe that by documenting the vehicles, as part of this national heritage where they ultimately reside there within the Library of Congress is vital. It's a gap in automotive history that needs to be filled because there are currently 90,000 buildings, covered bridges and other structures and structures like the Golden Gate Bridge, the Statue of Liberty and and so forth on the register that there wasn't one single car until the HVA came along in 2014. Currently we have 24 cars on there so back in 2014, we basically established a relationship with the uh, Historic American Engineering Record within the Department of Interior to document, fully document these vehicles. And along with the documentation is that important component, that human interest component. It's the stories of these treasures, but it's the story of the heart. Like the, that 68 Mustang fastback that McQueen drove in the movie, it's so much more than that. It's a heritage story that goes well beyond the 390 cubic inch engine that's underneath the hood, it's a story of Sean Kiernan and his his dad who bought the car in 1974. His family has owned it for more than four decades. <laughs> it's so incredible. Be, uh, yeah, it really is. It was a father's. It was meant to be a father son project of preservation that they were going to take the car apart and put it back together. But Sean, you know, unexpectedly lost his dad, and suddenly here's a project that he needed to, his heart felt that he wanted to and needed to fulfill, you know, to carry on the dream and everything that they had ever talked about. So, and that's just one of the the stories of the 24 cars that we have that are human interests. So you don't have to be a car girl, you don't have to be a car guy to like what we do. If you love history and horsepower, humans and heart, we we got something for you.
0: Well, absolutely. And it's amazing to me the way you describe that, that There's only 24 cars. It's almost unfathomable considering how important the car is, especially in the United States and what it has done for the United States and for the people. So I am eternally grateful for what you and your team does to uh, preserve these things and put these things in history and document them in a way that uh, they really need to be because it plays such a vital part. And we're going to learn a lot more about HVA, but first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, so Diane, take the wheel.
1: So my most favorite quote of all time is from Maya Angelou, one of them, because she had many, and it goes like this, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. (laughs) <laughs> and I love that, I love that yeah. quote and that yeah. quote was really but to, to use a, probably a really poor pun here that was really driven home for me a few years back uh, I have a, a friend that was autistic that is autistic from high school mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote me a letter and uh, I've been out of high school for 30 some odd years you, you do the no. math no
0: uh, what <laughs> how could that be
1: so he wrote me a letter and basically, he just wanted to say thank you for always having time for him, to, for sitting with him at football games, for writing with him throughout all the years and basically keeping in touch. And the lesson there was, you know what? It didn't cost me anything. It's just a little bit of time. And for all of these years, he's always remembered that I made him feel a little bit special. I made him yeah. feel wanted and kind of important. And, uh yeah. So that's why that's one of my favorite quotes.
0: You know, this quote ties in really nicely, too, with the passion that we all have for automobiles, because I hear these stories over and over again about cars, special cars in people's lives. And it's not really the car that matters. It's how the car made you feel and the people that surrounded the car and the experiences you had and the feelings those experiences gave you of why the car is really important. It's the same thing when we all go to car events. We go to museums like the LeMay, or we go to Pebble Beach, Car Week, or wherever it be, maybe an just name one. There's so many. And when you get there, it's, it's about the people more than the cars. The cars kind of pull us together, but then it's about the experiences and how these things make you feel. And I had this discussion with a friend not too long ago about a, a silly thing it had to do with uh, Ralph Lauren polo shirts. And why do all these people, or did all these people, wear shirts with a little polo pony when? None of them ever played polo, right? It was like <laughs> right. maybe if it had a car on it or something you might have worn it, but all these but it wasn't so much about it was about how that piece of clothing made you feel, and I kind of digress a little bit here, but that's really why you were buying it because it was high quality it it evoked quality, it evoked success, so that made you feel good about yourself, and that's why you put that piece of clothing on, and sometimes it's the same with cars, why we drive certain cars, they make us feel a certain way so. You got me off tangent there a little bit, but I like it. Great quote. Love uh, many of the quotes that that lady shared with us. Let's uh, go back and talk about your individual passion for cars and what instigated that passion. You talk about having these brothers that turned you into a car gal, which I think is great. I think we're going to hear a good story here. So, tell us about that pivotal moment in your life and you knew you were a car gal. Oh, uh,
1: this is one of my most favorite stories that I love to tell. So, I grew up with two older brothers. Uh, They were both deer heads, always had their heads under the hood of something or other. (laughs) And uh, I was the only girl, the baby sister. And so I was always hanging around and uh, they were both so great, so tolerant. um, Let me kind of stick my head under the hood and um, they (laughs) they were really tolerant. But what really catapulted the whole thing for me was my brother, Mike. He's 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I was about eight years old. Mike had a 1968 Corvette Stingray. Every single Sunday that the weather was nice, he would take me out for a ride. So he would take the T-tops off. He would put his girlfriend in the passenger seat and a pillow on the center console for his baby sister to sit on.
0: <laughs> what a nice guy.
1: So, oh, he's a great guy To I mean, and to this day, we go to car stuff together. But nice. for me, those car rides symbolized so much more than, you know, the wind whipping through my hair and that deep exhaust that just kind of rattled and spoke to my soul. That meant, you know, that was love and it was time meant for me. And yeah. he always made me feel special by doing that. So, uh, and and he's always surprised when I continually bring that up through life, but gosh, it just meant the absolute world to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. What a heartwarming story. I love it. That's fantastic. Very fortunate to have a taller brother. I can't imagine too many 18-year-olds having to deal with an eight-year-old sister like, get out of here. Leave me alone. Trying to work on the car. Yeah, Yeah,
1: never once. Uh, That's awesome.
0: Very nice. (laughs) Great story. Thanks for sharing that. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. Kind of open up the hood, get our fingernails a little dirty, a little greasy. Talk about an experience that really kind of challenged you. But the most important part of this story, of course, is what it taught you and how we can teach others to get through something that might be similar. So kind of walk us through that experience, would you?
1: Yeah, so this is actually something that's uh, that you hear about often today, um, unfortunately. And a huge challenge for me is uh, overcoming being bullied. I was bullied relentlessly throughout uh, elementary school middle school and and even into high school. And my mom, you know, bless her heart. uh, She kept telling me, you know, you've got to, you got to stand up for yourself. The only way, the only way to make this stop is you're going to have to stand up for yourself. But, you know, frankly, I was shy and I was quiet. I know that's hard to believe. Come on. You know, fear kept me from doing that. And uh, one day in high school, I just It was the culmination of, you know, mom there in the back of my head, but being sick and tired of just being scared and running. I stood my ground. I stood there. I stood up for myself. And from that day forward, I never looked back. And Mm. so fear can be used as a motivator um, and something that can be overcome. And frankly, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for growth
0: well, yeah, I my goodness, what a personal story, and I appreciate you sharing that it's yeah, it's a really tough thing. you know, my dad taught me a great acronym for fear, false evidence assumed real that wow. we get- af- we get afraid of things that we think what could happen now, bullying can be obviously varying degrees, I mean, there can be some little bit of bullying or there can be some seriously bad stuff, and I had the same problem in in elementary school this kid used to hide behind trees and fences on my way home and jump out and punch me. And I just was so afraid of this guy. And my dad said, you know what? Like your mom, you got to stand up sometime and punch him back, you know? And uh, my dad grew up on a farm where it was kind of rough and tumble stuff. And I'm like, what? And he goes, just, yeah, tell him to stop. Give him a few chances to not do it. And if he doesn't, punch him back. And you know what? I did it. And that kid became my best friend. I wouldn't say my best friend, but a good friend. And what I learned from it was, I went over to his house one day after school, and he had such a terrible home life. I mean, it was just compared to mine, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what is going on in this weird house? And he said, let's just go to your house. And every day after school, he started coming over to my house because he didn't want to go to his. And I realized, as my with help from my parents, that's why he acted the way he. He didn't know any better, and that's Mm -hmm. not to excuse him by any means, but. It gives you a little paradigm shift and a little understanding of why people are doing what they're doing. And we all know as adults, kids who bully are terribly insecure. They probably come from horrible homes. They were never taught not to behave that way, unlike you and I who came from very loving homes. So good for you, girl. Yeah.
1: Hey, look, you got to turn it around. Hey, look, there was also the, um, the added motivation of I came home one day and my mom was sick and tired of the whole thing, too. And she said... I'm not gonna have I actually it was so bad I had teachers that were escorting me to classes, uh, because this one girl in particular just was after a couple of us for no yeah. apparent reason, actually. Yeah. I came home one day and mom said, Look, no more teachers are gonna be escorting you to classes and I, you know, gave her the deer in the headlights look and yeah, she said, like Look, what? you're just gonna have to stand up for yourself and here's something I want you to think about. If you get caught by this girl and don't stand there and not throw a punch. Do not stand there and let her beat you up. Yeah. Cuz I'll tell you what. If you do, when you get home, I'm going to whip your behind. So oh, gosh. <laughs> you have to ask, here's what you yeah. have to ask yourself. Are you more afraid of her or are you more afraid her of me? Yeah. So, well,
0: tough love, you know. And it, is, it's yeah, that is. That is and uh yeah. Well, again, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh maybe there's something someone out there who's got a child dealing with this and they might Maybe our little lessons might help them a little bit. I don't know. Today's things are so different that probably if you punch back, you'll end up in more trouble than the one punching you. But uh, it's a tough, tough deal, especially for girls. I think having raised a girl, I mean, junior high is a vicious time for girls. I don't know what it is, but oh my gosh, it's uh yeah, compared to boys, it seems to be a lot a lot rougher. So uh, well, I'm glad you powered through that, and look at you today. So uh, that's great, <laughs> fantastic. It was that kind of an aha moment for you with your mom, with her telling you that, kind of standing up, saying you got to stand up for yourself? I mean, really kind of shaking a little bit of a thought into you?
1: Yeah, it really was. I mean, you, uh, it, there is, uh, there's power in that. And when yeah. I stood up for myself and spoke up for myself, it didn't go beyond that. So all those times that she tried to tell me, all you have to do is stand up for yourself. Yeah, actually, that, that was.
0: I love it. Great story. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. Get away from those uh, dangerous halls of elementary school and junior high and high school and have some fun and talk about your first very first special vehicle, that first car that you got that had great meaning for you. And and share a, a great memory you have about that, variety.
1: Oh, gosh. So you probably won't be surprised since we kind of have this Corvette thing going yeah, uh, with man. my brother. So my first recreational vehicle was a 84 little red Corvette. Uh, nice. first time I, you know, didn't cost a whole lot of money. It was what I could afford. My next door neighbor was a used car salesman. He was a big Corvette guy. He had a white one. This red one comes across a lot. He's like, you got to get it. So how could I turn that down? But God, I just remember collectively taking the memories of spending time with my brother, but then taking the T top, taking the top off of that. Cause it didn't have T tops and driving that car in the late fall. With the roof off, the heat cranked up, the radio as loud as I could possibly get it, just slowing down, you know, one of the major thoroughfares, which I won't say, because obviously they might start looking for me. (laughs) um,
0: There's that gal. Now we know how to find her.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So just thinking, this is life. This is so fantastic. So great.
0: Yeah. Just joy.
1: and just utter joy.
0: What fun. So 84, that was the first year of the C4 Corvette if my memory serves me right, um, yeah. was that an automatic or do you have a manual or?
1: That was an automatic. And it was, you know, the great thing I love about the car, the great thing I love about Corvettes in general is you sit down in that car and it wraps around you. It really doesn't matter what model Corvette you get in. They all have that where they just kind of wrap around you, and you feel I don't even have to turn a radio on. I just feel every move, every bump, every you hear every shake, <laughs> rattle. I mean, that's that's the great thing about a Corvette, is it's yeah. the experience.
0: Oh, there's no that.
1: texting and driving in a Corvette. That's
0: for no, me. no, that's a good thing, too. Absolutely. That's why I insisted my first kids have manual transmission so that they had to keep their hands busy, uh, versus uh, looking at their phones or doing anything else. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you really wish you had back?
1: God, You know, as I think about that question, I think, I just smile about all the cars that my brothers have had and I've had, my my parents had. No regrets because life is short and the adventure is in, you know, the thrill of each experience. Every car is different. You know what? It's a car. If you got rid of it, go get another one. That's the adventure. Go get another one.
0: Nice. Good attitude. I love it. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up in this new year. We're into 2019. Hard to believe that 2018 is in the rearview mirror. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about HVA and especially the HVA's annual ex- exhibition on the National Mall. This is a really cool thing that you guys are doing. I mean, the setting is spectacular and bringing cars into that historical setting and setting them as a an important part of the history of the United States is great. So Start with that and then tell us what has you excited about what's coming up with HVA in 2019.
1: You bet. Uh, One of my favorite things to talk about is this exhibition we have on the National Mall every year in Washington, D.C. So we take a car and we display it in what we call our jewel box. It's a glass-enclosed box. It's on display right in the middle of the National Mall. So it's between the Air and Space Museum, the National Gallery of Art. When you look in one direction, you've got the Capitol. Building in the background. Turn around the other way. You've got the Washington Monument. It is just unbelievably beautiful, especially at night when it's all lit up. The, the photography is fantastic. We we have it on our our website. The feature is going to be moved in 2019 from April until June because the weather's not been so great. So we're hoping that Mother Nature will be a little kinder to us in June of 2019. Yeah that uh, we'll have a have a display on the National Mall but it's just it's an incredible opportunity not only to share it in a visual way but for us to share the stories that you know that we talked about those human interest stories and i think back to all the different cars that we've had on the National Mall and it's always spectacular to light that box up for the first time with the owners and the stewards of the cars I remember lighting up the Gypsy Rose Lowrider for the first time. Yeah, I wanted,
0: that, yeah, I wanted you to tell awesome. our listeners, yeah, some of these cars that have been out there because that car in particular, it was like, wow, okay, this is really neat car, really cool. But Lowriders, again, a big part of the history of automobiles, the cultures. So walk us through some of the cars that have been out there. So
1: we've had, uh, oh gosh, the Gypsy Rose Rider was such an awesome, beautiful display. And when Jesse Valadez and his sisters, uh, we lit that box up for the first time, everybody was in tears. It was <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Just a great experience. We had the Bullet Mustang out of there last year, which was fantastic. Um, the, the quote unquote, I say quote unquote Ferrari from Ferris Bueller's Day Off because, uh, because it, really, it wasn't it, a real
0: one, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's not a real Ferrari, right? It's a it's it's a fake, as we like to say. But we had the uh one of my favorites too, the nineteen fifty-one uh Mercury Sport Coupe, the Hirohata Merc that George Barris uh oh, yeah. actually dropped and chopped back in the day, which is phenomenal. Just an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous car, gorgeous stance. We've had Ronald Reagan, President Reagan's 1962 Willie's Jeep in there. Oh. Um we yeah, we've just we've run the gamut with the different types of cars that we've had in the box. It's just it's a beautiful display. Um yeah. a cast nineteen oh nine white steam car was in there a couple of years back. So it it just is it's an unbelievably beautiful display. But yeah. you know, along with that, we document these cars for the National Historic Vehicle Register. So there's the other thing that uh Keeps us getting out of bed every day at the HVA. And I know that it's, it's especially exciting for me because we uncover some great stories that just happen to include cars. Uh, And sharing those stories, watching people get excited about it or even emotional is just so incredibly rewarding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible display. You even had a 1927 Ford Model T, which was the 15 millionth Ford built, which is, Hard to imagine. I mean, way back then. But uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So I, I know that our listeners can go to, is it hva.org where they can find the information?
1: It's historicvehicle.org. And they can go to, uh, we've got a little tag there under the National Historic Vehicle Register. And you can browse through all of 24 of the registered cars. And you can click on the pictures and it'll give you a little bit more background and some history and photography. And uh, it's all great. Very it's cool. Really good stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, Diane, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah! podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? That's right, Cars Yeah! is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yacht guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yacht TV. MavTV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Diane, we are back, and I have a very introspective question for you before we start with kind of like the lightning round here, and that is, if you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a vehicle parked in your garage, what would you be and why? Oh, boy.
1: Okay, so at the risk of being completely and totally obnoxious with my theme here, (laughs) um, I would be a 1968 Corvette Stingray because that car symbolizes love and freedom and joy, and it ties back the quote, my favorite quote from Maya Angelou about never forgetting how it makes you feel yeah. um, and how my big brother to this day still um, makes time for me and we share in car stuff. And uh, if I can pass along just a little of that, little of that through my lifetime
0: uh-huh. um,
1: to people, then boy, I've really, I've accomplished a great deal.
0: Well, you already have accomplished a great deal and you continue to do so, so bravo. Bravo for that. Well, I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Well, what's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: All right, from my dad. If you take care of your cars, they'll take care of you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, dad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: You're going to laugh at this one, and you might even scratch your head. Um, yes, I gravitate to what makes my hands sweat.
0: What? Okay, yep. you got to explain that a little bit more. I think yeah. I know what you're going with this, but I like it.
1: Yeah, so that, that little voice inside that goes, mm, that makes me a little nervous, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You kind of ask yep. yourself, I don't know if I can do that. You know, those things that kind of make your stomach flip a little bit, make your hands uh-huh. sweat? Yeah. Go for it. That's what you do. Oh, yeah. that's, where yeah. you, that's where you get your growth.
0: I'm guessing that may have started when your mom said, stand up to that bully you know, yeah, face exactly. your fears. Yeah, exactly. I love it. It's, you know, when we get out of our comfort zones, that's when the great things really start to happen. It's hard to yeah. do, but that's when the great things start to happen. So it's 2019 listeners, get out of your comfort zone, do something every week, every month that makes you a little uncomfortable. You'll be surprised. Just think, Diane can do it. I can do it too. That's right. Do it. Makes
1: your hand sweat.
0: Yeah, exactly. Make your hands <laughs> sweat. Just make sure you wipe them off before you shake somebody's hand. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you found really helpful?
1: Uh, you know what? I am totally hooked on TED Talks.
0: Yeah, great.
1: That's that's my. Yeah, I was I was wrapping Christmas gifts and uh, binge watching uh, TED Talks. But um, one of my favorites is the third most watched TED Talk uh, of all time right now, which is by Simon Sinek. Uh, He's a, uh, a what he calls a serial optimist, and he has um, this talk on how great leaders inspire action, and it's mm. a great TED talk.
0: You know, Simon Sinek, I love that guy. I love his TED talk about why is also you know, yeah, determine your why. But start that with one why. you mentioned, yeah, start with yeah. why, and the one you mentioned is a fantastic one too. Yeah, I secretly have this dream someday I'm going to be a, get, go on TED talk and share what I've learned after talking with all these inspiring automotive and enthusiast, uh, but that's going to make my hands sweat a little bit, but I, I would that's love good. to do okay, that. Okay, well,
1: then you let me know when and where, and I'm going to be there in the audience to cheer
0: you on. Hey, all right. <laughs> that's a deal. That's <laughs> a deal. We'll make that happen. If you could uh, sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be?
1: Okay, so I can't do just one because they go, I, I would want okay. them together. I can do that. (laughs) My my oldest brother, I lost him in 2012 to leukemia. He was seventeen, some seventeen years years older than me. Mm
0: -hmm. He
1: was a very proud, self proclaimed, and he used the term all the time, so it's not derogatory. He was a quote unquote grease monkey, and he loved it. So I would want to have a drink with my brother Dave and George Barris.
0: Wow! Now there's yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, my condolences for losing a brother. That's horrible, but yeah, getting him together with—I mean, that would be cool, wouldn't it? George Barris oh, again it would
1: be so awesome. It would. Yeah, be, and I want to. I I want to talk about the drop chop merc that we have on the National Street oh, Vehicle Register.
0: Yeah, yeah and yeah.
1: see how he feels about having his having had that car on the National Mall. I actually met, as an aside, I met uh, his daughter Joji, and uh, she cried when she saw it on the mall. It was fantastic, and just recently she is donating a portion of his books and magazines to the HBA. And oh, so I-, I can't wait to see that collection. So, so kind. We're so grateful to Joji for that and, uh, and the Bear's family. So
0: Well, you know, you got to connect me with her because I would love to have her on. I had uh, almost had George scheduled and we lost him back in November of 2015. And um, He wasn't doing well, and we had to cancel, and then we lost him. And I'm like, oh, man, I wanted so hard to record his voice and be able to talk with him. I had met him a few times, but never been able to spend valuable time with him. But uh, maybe you connect me with his daughter. I think oh, that'd be Oh, I'd be
1: happy to. And Georgie is yeah. great. She's a hoot. Yeah. She is um, a car girl, and she has some great stories, obviously. Yeah. She's got some well, great memories.
0: So, absolutely. Yeah. That would be a treasure for sure how about a book? Is there a book that you could share with us that you think the uh, listeners should read and enjoy?
1: Okay, so this is like asking uh, someone to pick their favorite child because Uh (laughs) I love reading. I love books. I read insatiably. I absolutely love it. But if I have to pick one of late, I would say The Arsenal of Democracy by A.J. Bain. I had read that book. I got really excited about it. I told some friends of mine, who, by the way, aren't necessarily car guys and car girls. And it launched, it spun off it spun off into this book club, as it were. Uh-huh. And uh so now they keep asking me, What's the next book? <laughs> I, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. So that's a great book.
0: Uh, it is. I had AJ as a guest here on Cars, yeah. You know, uh his book Go Like Hell, um, the famous battle between Another great book. Yeah, the it. Ferrari Wars and so forth. And uh he said he told me about that book and I wasn't aware of it. And it is a fantastic read. Absolutely incredible history of how, with the World War II and the companies coming in and supporting, you know, the building industry of vehicles and all these things. I mean, it's just, it is fantastic. And uh, he was a great listener. So for those listeners who missed my talk with AJ, go back. You'll find him on the Cars yeah website website. Uh, really, really interesting guy. Yeah, fantastic book. I'm glad you mentioned that. His book, Go Like Hell, is the second most recommended book here on Cars yeah? the first being uh, garstein's Stein's. The Art of Racing in the Rain, of which I think we're going to get to see a movie this year, maybe. Uh, they finally made a movie about that, so I think that'll be fun. You can find all these resources Diana shared with us today on her Cars Shonos yeah show notes page. Just go to com, type in Diana Parker, and that page will pop right up, including a link to this wonderful book by A.J. Bame, The Arsenal of Democracy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here, Diana, and this is a fun one. Could be a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this. One is you got to drive it and enjoy it. No garage queens, but I don't think that's going to be a problem for you. The second is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So if you pick that Ferrari GTO, that's fine, but you got to keep it. And it's the only cool collector car you can have. So what's it going to be?
1: The risk of being totally predictable and going with one of the rarest C2 Corvettes built, 1963 Corvette split window coupe in black. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh yeah, I thought you were going to say 68 for a minute, but we went a little earlier. But of course 63 being that fantastic split split window design, uh one of my favorite stingrays, of course. Um yeah. Just very, very cool. And black. Interesting. Uh, you're a glutton for punishment when it comes to cleaning your really cars, am.
1: huh? <laughs> I am. I definitely am.
0: <laughs> I don't think I could own a black car. I'm such a nut about my cars being clean. I'd, I'd probably just uh, go crazy. But uh, that car would look good in black. You don't see too many of those in black either. So no, no. that'll make Tuxedo it really black. unique. black. Right. Tuxedo black. Very nice. Well, Diane, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today. It's so good to catch up with you again. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset with your big brother in that 63 Corvette Stingray?
1: I would love to. I would say never allow fear or doubt to take root in your soul. And really importantly, be kind always, because people will always remember how you made them feel.
0: Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful things to think about. And what's the best way, again, for people to learn more about you and the HVA?
1: Go to historicvehicle.org, and uh, you can find us in the normal places like Facebook and Instagram. And uh, come on out in June of 2019 onto the National Mall and uh, see what surprises we have in store.
0: Ah, going to be fantastic. Well, again, you can find all these great things Diana shared on her show notes page. Check out HVA. I think you're going to find this organization incredibly valuable, very interesting. If you're lucky enough to be out on the East Coast this summer check out the car in the jewel box. Uh, You're going to be blown away. Diane, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. It's
1: been great fun.
0: Thank you. You take care of your cars